Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's going on at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN. momentarily here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. A lot of cool things happening with Big League Impact this year. They're going to have the swing for Impact again, and that is going to take place at Topgolf on June 11th, and you'll have the opportunity, if you so desire, if you get involved, to try to outdrive Adam Wainwright at Topgolf. That's that's very tempting. He can hit the ball. He can, because I've been to the event I think, last year, mm-hmm. I think last year, and a lot of the guys are pretty good golfers. A lot of guys. Pitchers especially. And yeah. he's great. Yeah. I think pitchers and specialists in football, punters, kickers, snappers, generally are really good golfers. There, There's, eh, I mean, not that they're well, not working hard. There's but a couple there's, of things. Number one, weight shift, which is okay. key but for kickers. And I, I talked to Jeff Wilkins. Remember Jeff Wilkins, yeah. Rams kicker? Yep. Hell of a golfer. Yeah. And well, really, I, they got a lot more time. Than they do. But <laughs> the, the weight shift for kicking and the weight uh-huh. shift for pitching is very similar. But the other part of it is mental focus. Yeah. Because golf mm-hmm. is such a mental game. Adam Wainwright has to focus in and try not to make mistakes for 100 pitches. Mm-hmm. But try to focus in and not make mistakes for 75 shots or 80 shots or whatever it takes. I think the combination of the physical and the, the mental really lends itself to kickers, punters, pitchers being good golfers. And then you have to have a quick memory, too, to yeah. be a pitcher. Yeah. You have to get over it. You just have to, you know, right. move I, on quickly. I never thought of it that way. I just used to see our kickers and punters at practice, and then I didn't see them at practice anymore, which was mm-hmm. pretty intriguing to me. There's a lot of... Carrie, back in the day. <laughs> and there, people text in if you used to go to camp for the football Cardinals. And Neil Lomax, Jim Hannafin, let Neil Lomax bring pitching wedges onto, or, or like a sand wedge or something. Hmm. So while he wasn't doing reps, Neil Lomax would actually be hitting balls on the sideline well, at Lindenwood during training camp. Must be nice. That's not bad at all. <laughs> uh, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and to the Celebrity Line we go, and our friend Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Wayno. How you doing? Doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? I'm doing fantastic. So are these two. We want to know how you're feeling. When when is Adam Wainwright going to make his debut for the 2023 campaign? I'm feeling great. Uh, I wish y'all had like a mid-morning show, like 10 or 11 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock show. Uh, you know we're baseball players, Randy. Um, I, I know. Are you in St. Louis? 
Yeah, I am in St. Louis. <laughs> Don't I you have kids that wake up and wake up anyway? <laughs> yeah, and they're on spring break, though. You know what I mean? Oh, got oh. it, got it. <laughs> <clears throat> but I got—I do have my son, and he's, uh, he's getting ready for school now. But I thought I was in the clear to just kind of hang. And then uh, I remembered, oh, man, I, I need to talk to the great Randy Carricker and a Super Bowl star. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. So here we are. Greatly appreciate that. Hey, uh, Adam, I was wondering, when you all are playing in Colorado, as as you all are right now, how different is it for a pitcher? I played there in Denver versus the Broncos, and I have never been as gassed as I was during warm-ups uh, to play in Denver than I was anywhere else. How, diff- how difficult is it as a pitcher to perform in that environment, you know, the ball and the atmosphere? How do you prepare for that type of game? Well, I actually had <clears throat> a talk in uh, – during the WBC with one of their pitchers who pitched against us last night and did a great job, Kyle Freeland. So I apologize uh, to Cardinal Nation that we we worked on his mental game a little bit. But, um, <laughs> I've had uh, – it, it doesn't even make sense how much success I've had there, honestly. I've, um, I've just fully committed to the idea that the guy I'm pitching against doesn't want to pitch there. And so if I can embrace that, then I have an edge. Um, I think I have like a two-career ERA or under that even uh, at Coors Field. But um, it's this idea that, you know, and and actually come away from that series uh, better for the rest of the year when I do get to pitch there because it takes total commitment into every single pitch. You have to get way out front, way on top of the ball to throw your breaking balls worth a darn. You have to throw one-seam fastballs instead of two-seam fastballs there because if you throw a regular two-seam fastball, it's going to cut a foot. You know, it's going to just cut like crazy. Um, you, you have to throw four-seam change-ups instead of two-seam change-ups or one-seam change-ups instead of regular change-ups. It's an adjustment. Everything you do there is an adjustment, right? Um, but the thing about baseball is they still have to put the barrel on the ball to get it out, right? They They're not hitting – balls off the very tip of the bat and off their hands. They're not hitting those balls or the fence. So they still have to get the barrel to it. So you, you can still get out of there if, if you if you embrace that. And you just know, like, listen, I've just got to be good. Today. I've got to I've lock in. I've got to be super committed to every pitch. I've got to get my mechanics in the perfect spot to throw this pit pitch. And, and it and it is exhausting. From what you said, though, it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. It, it's, uh, you know, when we go there, um, our strength coach used to tell me, like, listen, we're, we're cutting back by 60% on our strength and conditioning program, especially conditioning, because your muscles just don't repair the same way. You know, they, they don't repair your, 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 and your lungs don't get the oxygen intake that you normally would. So it's a little more, it does, it does make you winded like crazy, but that total commitment to pitching there, um, and the, the mindset's the big thing, you know, that you can come out of there. I know this from experience, and maybe it's just uh, naivety, but I think if you just you just have to be fully committed to the adjustments you make there and believe it, you know, and then you can get out of there. Okay, but it is—I'll tell you—it is—it is not easy sledding there, man. Mm-hmm. It is—it's uh, tough sledding. You got to really work. 
And Adam, you nailed it. You're 4-0 with a 2.22, 44-and-2-thirds, and you've allowed 40 hits, struck out 37, and walked only 8. I think that's the most notable thing, is walking only 8 there. I remember Tom Glavin saying one time, the hardest he ever had to work pitching was there, and it seems like if you have to work so hard, you're going to lose some command. So to have only 8 walks and 44-and-2-thirds is pretty impressive. Well, I mean, it is a place that you know that crooked numbers are going to beat you, right? That you're not going to lose in Colorado one to nothing. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I just I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, so when you go into that place, if you can minimize, right? So by minimizing, you know, you, if you give up a run, you give up one run. You don't give up three runs. You don't give up four runs. You give up one run, and then you move on. And uh, and and if you can do that, you win the game. But if you walk people in a place like that, one little swing, you know. Even if he's out front, if he gets the barrel to it, if he's out front, you got two runners on because you put a couple guys on free passes. That's where the three. That's where the three-run homer comes in. That's where you lose the game potentially. So um, you just can't get free passes. Really, in the big leagues, you can't get free passes or anybody, especially in a place like that. So, Wayno, we know that you weren't able to make the trip out to Colorado, but were you able to watch the game last night and see how everything unfolded? Because it just felt like, I know it's early on into the season, I feel like we've been saying that over and over again, but it felt like that was just kind of a much-needed win to boost morale and just show how capable this lineup is, one through nine. Wait, was there a game last night? <laughs> uh, just, Pretty good one, too. My, my son's in the background going, yeah, there was a game. Uh, yeah, there. I'm watching. I'm hanging on every pitch. Man, it's so much more nerve-wracking when you're not there, you know? And uh, and I'm, I'm going, all right, come on. You got him set up for this. No, don't do that, you know? And, and uh, come on, come on, Nolan, we can do it, baby. And then when you get the, the ball off the wall, it went absolutely crazy. We needed that win, you know? And, it's, and sometimes a good team morale – Come back, uh, come from behind, win like that provides so much team morale and so much momentum going into the next few games. You know, because you really look at each other and, and have this belief that it doesn't matter how far you're down, you're going to get the job done and you're going to come back and win that game. And when you have that feeling, you can beat anybody. You know, you can beat anyone there is if, if you go out there and you expect to. Adam, we just had Isaac Bruce on, and, and Brooke said that was her introduction to football because uh, she's a Nashville young lady, <laughs> and, and she watched the, the Titans lose to the, uh, to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Who was your introduction? I know you love football. Who was your introduction into football and, and made you really love the, the game? Brooke, that seemed like a dig to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. He was coming at you right there. He was coming at you right there. He, he was rubbing that in. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's. I mean, but hey, it, it introduced me to sports. I mean, I, it crushed. I told Isaiah it crushed my little girl heart growing up. But still, I stuck with sports anyways. That's great. That's great. No, you know what? Um, I think football for me was uh, a neighborhood thing. You mm-hmm. know, we had. And I grew up in a neighborhood with with tons of kids in it, and then we would get together with other neighborhoods, and we'd go play our neighborhood versus their neighborhood. And and I feel like there was a lot more playing outside back then. You know, we would we would get dirty, man. We would mm-hmm. we're ta- we're playing tackle football in the yard, you know, my whole life. So since I can remember having uh, remembrances, you know, we were out there tackling. And, and, you know, acting like we were Deion Sanders or, or whoever it was, you know. And, and um, that started at a very young age. But I'll tell you what really got me, my interest peaked. Um, and my, my – my, so there's a, a dull second. I apologize. No problem. <laughs> um, 
what really got my interest peaked in football in 19, I think it was 95, we got the the Jaguars down there. And um, Jag- Jacksonville is only an hour from my house. And I had been a Falcons fan. Did y'all transfer over there? Yeah, yeah we got you. Okay. Um, I had been a Falcons fan, and uh, they actually had a great year in 96. They went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, those first four or five years of the Jaguars, we would go down there. My, me and my friend group, you know, one of the dads would take us down there, or mom and dad would take us down there, and we would go and, you know, just be a, a part of an experience like that when you're a kid is just the all-time greatest, you know. It's kind of like probably going to a Cardinals game when you're little. I mean, it's just so much fun. But they had uh, Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor and mm-hmm. Tina McCardell and, and uh, Mark Brunel and Tony Baselli, and that team went was really good. I think they went to a few NFC Championship games in a row there. They were so explosive and so fun to watch, and all the Jaguars stuff was on sale, and all the little stores in our town, and and uh, you know you get an expansion program there, and so close to home, everybody's excited. That's what really I think turned me on to professional football. But I've been a Georgia Bulldogs fan my whole life, and, and watching those Bulldogs finally win a couple of <laughs> championships while I'm alive, you know, because they won the last time they won in 1980. So I just missed it, man. I was born in '81. I just missed it, but. We lost you there for a second. We got you back, Isaac. Or Isaac, Adam. <laughs> I've got Isaac on the mind here. You got us? Hey, uh, yeah. Did, what, where did you miss me? Where, uh, where did... You were born in 1981, and you just missed that Georgia championship. Oh, yeah. And I said, they, they got a chance to three-peat now. So being a Georgia fan my whole life, you know, I had the, the University of Georgia 1980 championship Coke bottle set sitting on my on my counter, and I got the – uh, I think my mom and dad back then went to the game, and so I got a couple of like souvenir hats there when I went to the championship a couple years ago when we lost Alabama. I, I wore this hat; it had two bills. It has two bills on it. <laughs> it's ridiculous looking. It's ridiculous looking, but it's uh, it's awesome because it's like an old trucker style hat from 1980. It's really cool. That's cool. Hey, Adam, another one of your favorite teams, the St. Louis Blues, are going to miss the playoffs. They made the playoffs ten of the previous eleven years. You made the playoffs in seven of your first ten. As fans, we kind of get spoiled. Do you feel like you got spoiled as a player too? Because the expectation—I know you have the built-in expectation of of making the playoffs. Do you get spoiled as a player too? Well, I think I've been spoiling my entire career being a part of an organization that is not okay with a total rebuild, you know, and that's sounds like that's what the Blues are kind of doing now. They they got a bunch of draft picks out of those trades, and I understand the future is probably going to be really great. We've never had that moment here in St. Louis where we said, you know what, we got to get we got to get some new guys in. We gotta we gotta start this thing over. I think our our organization has done an incredible job drafting players. Uh, my old teammate Randy Flores is killing it right now. I mean, that what was it in 2020? He only had like five picks, and he just nailed all of them. Um, but since I've been here, there's these there's been these waves of of players that that came through and clicked. You know, we when I was young, we had the the, the big veteran presence, but those great years of 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 with Alan Craig and John Jay and Descalso and uh, Michael Waka and all those guys that came through, those are all just winners. You know, they're just winning players. And we continue to, and I think this, to answer your question, I think I've been spoiled by an organization that just continues to 
to put winning players on a roster to give you a chance to win. It's not easy to win. I mean, think about, I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's not about just going out and getting great players and winning. You have Everything has to work out perfect. Think about the Dodgers, for instance. The Dodgers have had the best team in baseball pretty, pretty much for the last decade, really, close to it. And they've won one World Series, and it was on the 20 year, on the COVID year. That's it. That's the only one they've won since I've been playing baseball in the big leagues. And they've been this dynasty. We've won two. We've been to three since I've been here. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that's good enough because there's really never good enough. You want to win every year. That's the goal to win every year. It's just so hard. It's just hard to win. You have to, everybody has to be clicking and playing perfect at the right time uh, in October to make it work. And then, you know, it's just not easy. But every year that I've been here, minus maybe 2007, we have had a great chance to win the whole thing. And uh, and I, I just, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of my teammates at the WBC, and there's guys on that team that have never felt that. They've never showed up to spring training and felt, dude, we could win it this year. <laughs> Every single time some of those guys have ever gone to spring training, they're going, you know, if we could just try to finish 500, you know, maybe we can – you know, get some momentum, and, and maybe we get a couple of draft spots that make us, you know, playoff bound. But I've never felt that way in my life. I always felt going around spring training, looking at the guys in the lockers, I always felt like this team right here, this team could win. And that's a gift. That is a true blessing. Yeah, it really is. I, I also saw that the pepper grinder seems to be back with the celebration for your club. And I think that it's not a coincidence that – there's a win after that gets reintroduced. I don't know, Wayno, though, if you've seen, there's been some other good celebrations around the league. You have the home run funnel, I believe, with the Orioles, and then you had the cheese head with the Brewers. If you could do like a home run dugout celebration for the Cardinals, what do you think would be a good one? Well, I'm always conscious of young people watching. So, I mean, I, I love, I love, Anything that brings the team together. I mean, you'll you won't ever see me standing up giving the pepper grinder on the top step. I don't think you'll ever see me doing that. But uh, I can appreciate the excitement behind it and how it brings the team together in certain ways. I love that. You'll never see Goldie do it either. By the way, <laughs> I, I think I think you'd be able to see Goldie uh, run around the field completely naked before you saw him <laughs> give the pepper grinder from second base. But. Um, but I, I love team camaraderie. If I if I came up with something, it would be it would be probably pretty lame. I don't know. I mean, you know, I came up with one the other day because the the salt shakers were not working. No, yeah, no. no. I'm glad you said it. They were not working. They were not working. They were not bringing wins. And I said, Lars, let me come up with something, dude, because this, this your time might have might have expired. You know, the, the salt shaker thing. You were so excited about it. You know, to, to pair with your pepper grinder experience, it's not working, you know. <laughs> and so I came up with a cool little napkin routine that I felt like was neat, but, you know, he didn't seem to buy in. It's got to be his idea, I guess. So. <laughs> By the way, Adam, Brooke Grimsley this morning here in the studio is wearing her official Team Japan Lars Newt Bar number 23 jersey. Wow. She's committed. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in. committed, yes. He is a, I'll tell you what, man, he is a, 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 
universal sensation after the WBC. That was hilarious how he had Shohei and all those guys over there just, you know, so locked in. I think they, I heard right, they sold out of pepper grinders in, in Japan. You know, he's a total character. You can see why a guy like that would be. He has a very infectious personality, and people love being around Lars. He's a lot of fun. He's a great teammate and brings a lot of excitement to the game when he does play, too. So he's a great player, uh, but he's fun in there. You need guys like that on the team to loosen the team up. You just need it. You know, when we won an 11, uh, I will always tell people a big part of that was not so much the players on the field, which obviously is true, was also the players off the field. You had Ryan Terrio and, and George and uh, oh, what was, uh, Gerald Laird and a couple guys like that, uh, Mick Punto, those guys were always stirring stuff up in the, in the dugout of the clubhouse. They were always keeping guys on their toes and loose and having fun. Their experience, you know, their experience in the game, they knew that that was their role, and they were great at it. And every team needs people like that. Hey, Adam, I mentioned that Brooke is all in, and that reminds me of all win campaigns at Big League Impact. And you have so many friends around Major League Baseball that have committed themselves to doing great things with Big League Impact. And the all-win campaign is a great way for people like us to get involved and support the charity and then root for our guys, too. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, we've got guys on our team they're representing the St. Louis Public Schools Foundation. That's Tommy Edmond, the, the Little Bit Foundation, helping remove all barriers from learning. Habitat for Humanity, Backstoppers with supporting spouses and families for first responders. Um, our charity of choice, my, my all-win campaign, is going to go to uh, an, or, an organization called Adoption Share, which is started by a, a great friend of ours uh, from from Georgia. But it's an, it's a it's a, a nationwide adoption program that's kind of like match.com for families and and kids who who need families Hmm. and um and it's you'd be surprised i have adopted a son and so this is why it it means so much to us you'd be surprised how hard it is to to find this situation that works out really well right away it's there's so many kids that need to be adopted and there's so many families looking to adopt and for some reason, we can't figure out a great way to make it happen quicker. I mean, you know, it shouldn't be these months and months and months and months of waiting time. And, and Adoption Share is doing an incredible job finding those families, finding those kids in, that need families and pairing them up so they don't have to go through the system. You know, it's a, it's a, everybody, when you're, when you're that age and when you're young, when you're, when you're born into a family, I just don't think sometimes we really know how great we have it when kids are not born into that, that family and they have to go through the state system. It's, it's really tough for them and, and tough to integrate into schools and sometimes and tough to, to you know, that it's, it's just not the same. So this organization's helping that. So uh, if you want to pair up with, with us and, and uh, the rest of our player or the rest of our players and, doing great work around the community of St. Louis and all over the country. Uh, all win is a great way to do that. Every time we win a game, each one of the players has pledged a certain amount of money per win. I'm giving $450 per win all season. Uh, and so people can join in with me. Obviously, you don't have to do that much. I just feel really good about the program and, and what we're able to accomplish. So I would love to have you all support uh, throughout the season, and, and let's, let's, make some, let's make some miracles happen. 
Love that idea. And we will support the Adam Wainwright uh, BigLeagueImpact.org Foundation. Just go to BigLeagueImpact.org. By the way, one other thing. We have about 30 seconds. Kerry can hit the daylights out of the golf ball. Is he going to be able to outdrive you at Swing for Impact on June 11th at Top Golf? I will just tell you this. <laughs> I've, I have met many people who hit the ball straighter than me. I have never met anyone who hits it longer than me. <laughs> Challenge accepted, the problem, sir. The problem with that at Top Golf is you don't get any points for hitting it over the net. Yeah, that's right. You don't. That's <laughs> true. Adam, have a great day. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see you back on the mound, but we always enjoy Wednesdays with Wayno. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. See ya. See you later. That is Adam Wainwright. He is absolutely wonderful on the mound, off the mound, in the community. He's as good as it gets.